This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Tommy. And I'm Addie. And you're listening to Series 10, Episode 7, Picking Up the Pieces. And let's start it off with a couple announcements. The first announcement is we've just gotten back from Gen Con and it was amazing. We were so happy to be able to get to meet some of you and we ran 22 sold out events for Manifest the RPG. We had a great time as always and we were so happy to be able to go there and see what was going on in the nerd world. Our other announcement is just a quick, quick apology for us dropping the ball last week and not releasing the episode as scheduled. But as promised, episode came out today and another episode will come out as previously scheduled next week on the 13th. So two episodes, two weeks in a row. Pretty great. Our next announcement is that it is uh, every other Tuesday, which means that we are on Twitch tonight. Uh, our channel is twitch.tv slash manifest the RPG. Check us out. 730. Uh, we'll be playing manifest with Dan Barron. Uh, so see what kind of antics we get up to in this next wild episode. And our final announcement is that we are getting near the end of Series 10, which means it is time to start submitting your questions for post-game chatter. Those of you who are new to the podcast, post-game chatter is a little segment we do instead of words with the GM at the end of the last episode of the season. We get the cast together, we chat about the system and how we felt about the campaign, and we answer questions from the listeners. So, uh, we would like you guys to start ruminating on some questions. If you have any already, shoot them our way. You can tweet at us, uh, at Essential NPCs. You can find us on Facebook, or you can email us directly at EssentialNPCsPodcast at gmail.com. The cutoff date for post-game chatter questions will be August 27th. That is the day that episode 9 releases. So, you have... A few weeks where you can start submitting questions, listen to this episode, send some questions our way. If something pops up in your head, send those questions. No reason to wait until the last minute. And on the 27th, you can listen to episode 9 and send questions after that. If you submit any questions for post-game chatter, we will answer them. And that's all we have for announcements. So let's go ahead and move on in to Words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. This Words with the GM is about Series 10, Episode 6, Earth and Fire. Things went a little rough for us during this episode. You know, we knew it was going to be punching above our weight a little bit. Uh, We decided to uh, do kind of a high-risk heist. And, uh, well, you know, we lost a couple people on the way. Yeah, you guys uh, had a little bit of trouble. You started out in a not-so-great position, and it kind of only got worse. Um, And so when the consequences were doling out, people got some stress, and two people got a little bit more stressed than uh, mechanically is allowed. When that happens, a character 
takes a trauma. There are a few different kinds of trauma in the game, but uh, what really matters is what happens mechanically when you fill your stress bar. When that happens, your character cannot move forward. They are either left behind or fall away or run away. Something happens that they are separated from the group and cannot continue as planned. They are removed from the session and can choose to return in the following sessions if they want with that character with a new aspect, uh, something like unpredictable or vengeant, which can really change the way that your character operates. Any character can do this without too many negative implications three times uh, and then the fourth time that character can no longer continue doing the heist they're too stressed out by it uh, and they are when they get that fourth trauma they either go insane or retire or can be sent to prison to uh, relieve some heat on the team. Yeah, Blades in the Dark has this interesting thing that we're somewhat unable to touch on in the format of the podcast, which is the notion that your characters are almost like expendable. In order to achieve things during a job, you you pour on the stress and it's pretty likely that people will eventually uh, be forced to take traumas. And eventually, you max out on trauma and you're done. And... Uh, you're able to achieve that in most Blades in the Dark games because you have a relatively large crew of yet unnamed scoundrels. And so uh, if someone hits a trauma or they go out uh, to indulge on their vice and they go on a bender and disappear for a while uh, and then and the next heist comes up before they're ready to get back in the field, uh, you can just you know make up a new character or play a character that you've played before. Uh, and you're just kind of like each person player in the game tends to play kind of a rotating cast of characters that make up the primary people in the gang. So for players who always kind of want to like play a, a different character after a few sessions or have a new idea for a character or just think all of the different playbooks are really cool and want to try all of the different abilities out, Blades in the Dark is perfect because you can uh, you can have a few sessions where you play a cutter and then a few sessions where you play a whisper and then a few sessions where you play a spider uh, and in doing so you kind of expand the tapestry of characters in your gang and make it feel like a much larger cast than just you know your three players or your four players and as your stable of characters uh grows and changes and then also has traumas added to their plate it adds another way for you as a player to add XP to their playbooks because uh, every time somebody role plays a trauma, uh, they can mark XP, which is pretty great because XP is really, really important uh, in this game to make sure that your crew uh, stays on top of all of the stuff that they're trying to manage. It allows you to roll, uh, roll more dice, get more talents, or generally just uh, improve your tier status. That being said, um, you may choose as a player not to role play this trauma if you're not comfortable with it or uh, it doesn't it's not an easy trauma to role play. It still exists, but you just won't mark that XP and your character can go on burying that trauma until it comes up again or the GM procs it. But basically it traumas 
add nuance to uh, the characters that are, because of playbooks, uh, uh, very similar. Uh, and it's it's a really interesting way to sort of extend the lifespan of a character, at least for a little while. Yeah, as long as you don't take a level four harm, you don't have to necessarily die. You can just be overwhelmed and left behind, that kind of thing. But we have to deal with the fact that two of our people were left behind, and now the members of the Church of Many Tentacles have to try and decide whether or not they think Brother Theodore is still alive and if they're going to ever find Gok again. Uh, lots of drama going on in this upcoming episode, so let's jump right into it. Let's move on in and listen to Series 10, Episode 7, Picking Up the Pieces. Enjoy! Hello, neighbor. I'm Brother Theodore. Growing up in Duskfall isn't easy for most, but I've been blessed to have a wonderful life in this nightmare city. Do you have a moment to talk about the Church of Many Tentacles? Our fantastic, legitimate religion has four easy-to-follow tenets that guide our path. We strive to be good neighbors, help the elderly, usher in the end times, and recycle. Using these goals as my compass, I was able to open my own cozy little tea shop in Six Towers. Radich's Tea and Tea Accessories is a great place for the community to find some respite from the endless darkness and daily horrors of the city. Our congregation has been meeting there while we make preparations for the church's most important ritual. After months of planning and gallons of tea, we were finally ready to summon Aralax, praise be their many tentacles, and let them recycle the world. Aralax arrived, bestowed their glorious destruction on the surrounding area, and then disappeared. Just like that. Most of our members were recycled. It was only through the grace of Aralax's many tentacles that I survived to continue our mission. I'll admit, I was very disappointed when we failed to usher in the end times. But it was a good first step. I'm rallying the surviving congregation, we're getting out of Duskfall, and we're figuring out our next steps. After all, starting over is just another term for recycling. Hi. They call me Brother Dub. They say one man's trash is another man's treasure. I'm fond of tinkering, and there's plenty of treasure to go around. It's amazing some of the perfectly fine things people will throw out around Duskfall. It's ridiculous how offended they get when they find me in their dumpsters digging out their slightly damaged treasures. Even a broken thing can be remade, and that's what I specialize in. But it's gotten me into trouble. Sometimes I get so excited I forget to tell people I've improved their treasures, and they don't like that. But that was all before I met Brother Theodore. You see, the Church of Many Tentacles admires my abilities to recycle what I find. It's one of their main pillars of their belief. And for the first time, I, I feel accepted. Now I have purpose, and I can finally make a difference with my talents. Recycling for the greater good. At first, I wasn't entirely sold on the end of the world part. But Brother Theodore kept telling me that the world is just a bigger treasure that needs recycling. And I specialize in recycling. My name is Brother Gawk, and I've never been the luckiest guy. 
the people at the orphanage used to say I got left on every doorstep in Six Towers. As a kid, I wound up in a gang of street urchins pilfering coins, secrets, and ghostly echoes for the reclusive vampire Lord Skurlock. But no one stays at Ragamuffin forever. <laughs> Eventually, I aged out of gutter sniping and had to go into the pickpocket business on my own. It turned out I had also aged out of not getting beaten half to death when I got caught. <laughs> Until I met Brother Theodore. I was red-handed, but he was just nice to me. He invited me to his shop, gave me some tea, and introduced me to the Church of Many Tentacles. When I was initiated as assistant ritualist, everything felt perfectly set up to give this horrible world the ending it deserved. So how did it all go so wrong? Brother Dirkman. Hi. Look, this won't take long, will it? Okay. I got involved with the church after I fell out with the Abyssal Legionnaires. You know, the hired guns they use on the Leviathan Hunters. They taught me to shoot, I guess. I don't know. The finer points, maybe. It seems to me it's a skill you're born with, but maybe that's just because I'm so fucking good. Whatever. So, yeah. I spent a lot of time beyond the lightning fence. A lot of time. Deathlands will fuck you up. They should have been consumed in the almighty maw of Aralax, you know, just like everything else. I am so pissed that ritual went wrong. <sighs> oh, this, oh, this is Admiral Quibbles. She was Vice Admiral until just this morning. She's worked so hard, she's earned it. She has, she has. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know pigeons don't have military ranks that we know of. Anyway, yeah, uh, before that, I was just a powder boy, and before that, I was a chimney sweep. Just a bunch of dingy, tiny, sooty places. So yeah, you know, that's why I'm so goddamn cheery all the time. We done? We're done. Well, hello. My name is Morgan. Or Sister Morgan, if you want to be proper. If you've ever found yourself in one of the many underground poker halls in Duskfall, you might just recognize me. I have an easy face to remember, after all, seeing as my Tykerosi heritage has left me with this beautiful ash-gray skin and striking red eyes. Now I've always had a bit of the gift of gab, a way of convincing others to do and think what I want them to. But even I have to admit, I am burdened with a short temper. A byproduct of growing up among street thugs and gang enforcers, I'm afraid. When I was running with the Bravos, if someone crossed me or my crew, I'd be the first in line to snap them in two. But once I joined the Church of Many Tentacles, I've made a point to follow its tenets in an effort to be a little more neighborly and avoid such unpleasantness when I can. The church has given me the one thing I never could find with the Bravos. A family that actually gives a damn about each other. So if keeping a cool head and giving folk the benefit of the doubt is what it takes to be a part of this family, well that don't seem half bad. Still, every once in a while someone needs to be put in their place and well, Sometimes I just can't help myself.
The last time we left the Church of Many Tentacles, uh, they attempted a heist on the Church of the Ecstasy of the Flesh, the state religion of Duskfall, uh, and successfully retrieved uh, at least one of the items uh, that they had uh, infiltrated one of the church's highest holy days in order to do so. However, the gout of flame that they were searching for uh, disappeared when brother Theodore uh, melted and potentially died by turning into some sort of waxy goop stuff and then in their hasty attempt at an exit Gok sacrificed his safety in order for the others to uh, successfully escape The town is now on high alert, looking for the extant members of the Church of Many Tentacles. Uh, Though they aren't sure of their affiliation, uh, it is certain that were they to be caught, uh, they would, uh, the lightest sentence that they would receive is life imprisonment. So the team returned back to Radich's tea and tea accessories, uh, now a much smaller group of just three. Uh, And we will move into the uh, downtime activities portion of the score. As we get back to the tea shop, the the whole way there, as soon as we kind of broke free, Morgan's just been swearing, just fucking damn it, shit. And uh, uh, as we get back to the the tea shop, uh, she's a little shaky uh, and kind of leans up against the counter. And looks over to Dub and, and Dirkman as if as if uh, looking for some kind of answers. The fuck are you looking at me for? What what do do you think I have any more idea what we're supposed to do than you? I this is this is so out of my realm. We've we've watched another member of our group melt into nothingness. This is listen. We gotta get out of this town. Er- everything that just happened aside. All right, the we, that was way too high profile. They. The blue coat's got to be right on our heels, all right? I, I, they got a good look at us. For all we know, they're after, they got a hold of Gok, and and we need to we need to get out of town, all right? The plan ain't changed. The plan ain't changed. Hang on. And I, I go and I, I, I grab all of the coin that's stashed around in the tea shop and my own personal coin, which I believe amounts to uh, six coin in total. And I just slant, uh, pour it all over the, the largest table or the counter. Uh, obviously, when we entered, we did move the sign from open to closed. <laughs> uh, I pour all the, uh, all the money out and I go, this is what we got to work with. All right? We need to call in all the favors we can. We, we need to... Figure out what the hell we need to do to finish up this ritual. And and as far as I'm concerned, we got two people in our in our cult out in the cold out there, all right? One that we've known for a little while, and, and Gawk is out there somewhere, I'm sure of it, hiding, just waiting for a hand. I, we need to figure this out, all right? Dub, do you have any notion as to, to how to figure out what a pound of flesh and a place of life and death is? I'm not as... Book smart as Gawk is, uh, my talents lie mostly in mechanical things. Uh, You've got to know somebody who is, though. I do. The problem is he's not here. He's missing. God damn it. Dub! <laughs> Facepalm from Morgan. This is going really well so far. Look, Dub, 
can you try it? There's, there's got to be something in Gox notes. His notebook is in his, in his, uh, in his quarters. There's, there's books on, on the different uh, Aralaxian lore and Brother Theodore's. Is there something you can figure out? Because hell, it take uh, just the time it takes me to read something that thick is not gonna is gonna not be enough time. I suppose we don't have many other options. I'll do my best. I relax just a little bit at that and go. That's all we can do. All right, we gotta just try our best. All right, so so in this order, Dub, you figure out what else we need, and then you finish up that contraption you've been working on in your workshop, because we're gonna need all the help we can get completing this ritual without if we don't find God. Just do the thing, Dub. Dub nods and goes to try to find the book, and will begin trying to glean what he can from it to see what. He needs to start working on next. What do you think, Dirkman? I have a contact with the blue coats. Uh, I'll take some of this coin. I'll, 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 I'll hunt her down. I'll see if I can figure anything about Gawk and maybe anything about uh, this other missing member that that Brother Theodore was looking for. And hey, you know what? I I know a whisper too. Maybe I should uh, maybe I should talk to her about our little poem. See if she can shed shed any light on it. That sounds good. That sounds good. Dub. Puts two coin into the into the pile on the table. It's not much, but perhaps it can help us. No, anything's helpful. All right, I'm I'm gonna take some of this this coin here. There's some folk I'm familiar with. I say through gritted teeth that might be able to give us a hand. Uh, you know, boots on the ground, as it were, for whatever's coming down the road. So I'm gonna take this because they're gonna need. A hell of a lot of payment to go with my convincing to have them help me, and we just got to find a way out of this godforsaken city. Are you talking about who I think you're talking about? Look, I ran with some pretty tough folk before I came along with y'all, and, you know, they're not the kind of people I like to associate with, unless I have no other options, but they do love coin. Well, Sister Morgan, I'm all for last-ditch options, but are you going to be all right by yourself doing this? I don't think I don't know if Sister Morgan knows how to respond with Dirkman's concern. I think I think she just kind of is dumbfounded for a moment. I I I think maybe I don't know. I guess I could look. We're all we have left. It's the three of us now. Hopefully we can find Gok, and hopefully Brother Theodore isn't actually just completely non-existent or dead or what the fuck ever. But this is what we have. This is our family. So whatever you need. We're what's left, and if we can get the fuck out of here, I'll do whatever it takes. Morgan nods and goes, "All right, yes, I could, I could use some backup. Yes, thanks, Turkman. I'm not thinking straight. A little discombobulated from the today's events. We'll get it together and let's go. We don't have a whole lot of time. You guys carry on with that. I'll get to the research. Maybe, maybe we can find some people to help you if, if, uh, if you can't find anything worth it. But you're a pretty sharp fella." Dub, and surely we can figure this out. Let's go, Dirkman. Stay focused, Dub. I'm serious. Stay on task. This is far more than just a random project I'm working on. This means something. You won't have to worry about that. And, and Dub, if we're not back in a day's time, if you ain't heard nothing from us, you get to find out what you gotta do to get out of town yourself, alright? I'm not too concerned about it. And uh, I'll make my way 
out back into the road. So for my first downtime activity, I would like to acquire an asset. Okay. And uh, I'm going to go to the last known hangout of one of the surviving members of my former gang. Uh, He is one of my rivals, so I don't have very good reputation with him. His name is Seamus O'Kelly. And uh, he, he now runs a new gang he calls the Widowmakers. Ooh, okay. creepy name. Yeah, well, he's a son of a bitch and, and doesn't have any sense of style or, or subtlety. But uh, <laughs> No kidding. He's got a lot of people who answer to him and uh, they can cause a ruckus, make a distraction, maybe pull some of the heat off of us if we got to go loud. If anything, they're, they're just you know bodies on the ground that can... That can draw attention away from whatever we're doing. That's my hope, at least. So when we walk out of here, all limbs intact. Yeah, well, fingers crossed for that. Uh, what's what's the approach here? Well, maybe uh, I talk a little bit, and if uh, it gets to the point where he needs to be intimidated or he thinks he has the advantage, you just fire off a couple warning shots from a nice perch somewhere. Yep, straightforward. Sounds good to me. So you head down to your old haunt, the figurehead, which is a seedy bar too really too far away from the docks to be considered like a sailor's bar. Uh, and yet here it is with a full figurehead pride off a ship just right over the door. Uh, the building is about two stories and it's not ramshackle, but it is run down. And you can hear from inside there's like, a sad fiddler playing as as you will you hear like a you know like a crash of a bottle like uh, like against the wall and like a shake and then the fiddler starts playing a little bit better uh, for a little while and you can hear this down the street because there are no windows uh, that have glass they're all open um, and uh, broken really and uh, yeah so you. So you walk down uh, towards the figurehead, uh, and what do you do? What is the figurehead? Is it a mermaid or like a skeleton? Or It is the skeleton of some kind of creature uh, that, that is wrapped around sort of like the wood carving of, of, a, of a woman. Oh, this does not bring back any good memories. Uh, is there, is there somewhere across the street or like an alleyway or maybe like a, some, something, I kind of flip my vision over into like the spectral vision that we have to see Mm -hmm. if there's like some kind of like other point of egress or, or something that can uh, give Dirkman a, uh, a decent line of shot through one of these open windows. There is a, you, you go into your spooky vision and you see actually the building across the way has been recently reinforced with some new, uh, some new like sheet metal or something. Cause they're definitely newer pieces, uh, to, to the building. Uh, it used to at some point have a, uh, a fully functional fire escape, which is now in a collapsed, broken and twisted heap, uh, on on the ground below it, so uh, so you ha- you've got your ghost fire escape that you could absolutely perch on right across the street. Looks in basically through the window. Well, I guess that's where I'll be. All right, I'll uh, give you the signal if uh, if I need a a hand in intimidating this bastard. Sounds good. 
and yeah, I will uh, walk in to the um, the figurehead, look around, see if I can just spot Seamus O'Kelly or someone in his gang that I recognize. You see a number of people that you recognize, older, scarred, missing sort of limbs, kind of tattered, and but also that sort of spoiling for a fight kind of attitude that they've always had. Um, a, a raucous uh, and violent aura is sort of just in the air. Um, and you do see Seamus, or who you think is Seamus. There is a, a large man slumped onto the bar holding on to a giant like bottle of whiskey that doesn't have the that doesn't have the cork on it. Uh, you don't know if he's sleeping or sick or you know just hanging out in that position, but that's where he is. Uh, as you step in, um, the uh, the fiddler is continuing to play and then it get, someone like points at you and, and you hear the whispers. Uh, begin to sort of like circulate throughout the room and then somebody elbows the the fiddler and he's like and then stops playing and they're like shut up and uh like not everybody is looking at you but definitely some people are interested in your arrival so i I walk in and uh i kind of stand line aside of everyone i look around and uh the the reason i left this gang the problem with the bravos is uh Words ain't the way they like to sort things out amongst themselves. So um, I walk in a way that uh, eventually someone tries to like stop me if you know one of them recognizes me. I'm not I'm not really welcome here right now. And as soon as that person gets in my way, I'm gonna uh, twist their arm behind their back and like break one of their fingers and just start a good old fashioned bar brawl. The uh, end intention of this is uh, to get Seamus's attention after I beat up some of his cronies and then let him know that uh, the fight's over when uh, when Dirkman fires a shot. Okay. I'd like to acquire an asset with skirmish, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead and uh, roll skirmish. I have a six. Uh, and I will I will go ahead and uh, spend one of the coin I brought with me uh, to upgrade that asset uh, mm-hmm. to a critical. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead and tell us how you sway Seamus to your cause with fighting him. Yeah, so uh, I break that one fella's thumb and shove him in the bar, basically giving everyone in the room permission to start throwing punches. And uh, uh, hopefully that wakes Seamus out of his drunken stupor. And... Uh, as I as I start working my way through the crowd, uh, you know, kicking, punching, breaking bottles on anyone who gets in my way, eventually uh, enough of the crowd is beat up that uh, uh, it ends up Seamus and I uh, facing off with each other. Maybe he's got a, a broken bottle or a, a switchblade he drawn because he doesn't know how to fight fair, uh, which is unfortunately the reason I need him right now. And uh, at that moment when he's got... Uh, He's got the knife on me, and I go, Seamus, old friend, I'm just here to talk. And I do a little two-finger wave off with my left hand to give Dirkman the signal to take a shot. And this whole time, Dirkman has been like, wait, okay, she she just punched that guy. Is that the... No, wait. Okay, so now now she's got him in a chokehold. Am I supposed to shoot? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, that's the signal. All right, all right, all right. And I'll, I'll fire off that shot. (laughs) <laughs> it's a six. 
it flies out of his hand and clatters to the floor, and he's like, oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. Have a seat. Take a swig of whiskey. Get the edge off. Uh, and I set a big sack of coin on the top of the counter, and I go, you and your boys are going to do me a favor when I ask. Don't worry, it ain't going to be looming long. It's happening soon. All right, you go where I tell you to. You do what I tell you to. There's another sack of coin in this for you. And then, as an added bonus, you'll never, ever have to see me again. He, like, uh, plays with, like, the, si- the, like, side of his mouth with his, like, like his tongue, like, in, like, trying to look all, like, macho and, and, like, he, he's, like, acquiescing to your requests when he, like, sits on the table, not in a chair. Uh, and he, like, spreads his leg wide and he's like, finally we can agree on something. Well, desperate times, Seamus. Desperate times. And I pat him on the Must shoulder. Be desperate. Don't <laughs> touch me. To, just to see him flinch when I go for it. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my bar we'll be there get out i know i walk out of the bar rejoining with dirkman and i go honestly that felt pretty good all things considered uh as you walk away you hear uh uh one of the one of the gang members you don't know or recognize go are are we really gonna help her (laughs) shut up It feels really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're only bleeding. Well, I mean, you're bleeding a lot, but less than you could be, I suppose. Now, some of this ain't mine. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I, I, I did see you uh, uh, almost rip that guy's tongue out. That was fun. Yeah, well, they'll they'll come when we call. Good. Well, I'm glad I could help you out with this. Uh, I guess next move, uh, I could... I'm in the, let's just say I'm in the area. I can, uh, I might as well make contact with my blue coat. All right. Do do you need backup on that or are you good? Nah, I think I've, uh, I've got her pretty much covered. Unless, you know, you've got nothing going on. I'll sit there for a second. And I kind of shuffle like uncharacteristically awkwardly. And I go, no, Dirkman, I'll, you back me up, I'll back you up. That's... It's the best way to go about things here. I'll I'll just stay nearby. You just give a holler if you need me. All right, this could be fun. And I'm gonna I'm gonna hunt down Jellica Naru and uh, ask her a question or two. Uh, okay, yeah, it doesn't take you that long. She uh, has a very regular schedule, which is why you picked her out in the first place. It's it's an opium den, right? As we approach it, I I'm like Dirk, Dirkman. I thought you said we was seeing a blue coat. <laughs> oh, we are, we are, we are. Uh, <laughs> how else do you get a blue coat under your thumb unless you find one of them in a place like this, right? Well done, sir. Uh, and I'll just post up uh, in the alley outside. Just Dirkman can give me a holler if uh, if things go sideways. No, yeah, I'll, I'll pop in. So uh, she's actually in the spot that you found her in before. Uh, it seems that that is her like regular isolated, you know, kind of spot in this. It, it, she might be like a VIP as far as like this particular opium den is concerned. I mean, yeah, yeah. Probably probably takes in some protection money. So, yeah, I'll 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 pop in the place and uh, reminiscent of our first meeting. I'll just lean into her right ear and say, 
Hey, Jelly, how you doing? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, what? I know, Damn I know. It. I know you don't like seeing me, and I'll pull up, pull up the chair across from her again. But I got to check in. This is the best way and the best place. You really have good taste in opium dens. <laughs> so I just got a question or two. All right, yeah. So my my, my employers are uh, they're getting a little antsy about uh, about those people we talked about in relation to the event we discussed. We they'd really like to find those people. Have you uh, have you found any of those people? There, I mean, we think they're the same people who just pulled the stunt at the church. Oh yeah, I heard I heard about that. That was uh, that was some trouble. Apparently, one of them died which is great i mean you know for your employers too and then one of them i don't know separated or something but like no nowhere to be seen uh they're running the net in char hollow so like they'll find him them i don't know but char hollow was the last place they saw him i mean that's where everybody goes to ground right so well we got a person or two that maybe you can uh spare some eyes but I did find out that all the info is actually, like, they've got one of them. So, like, you're going to get info. I don't have it yet. They got the one that, that split off from the, the church No, kid? no, no. This is a different one. All yeah. right. Yeah. Where is he in custody, if I uh, may ask? Go ahead and roll. Uh, to see if you can find this lost lamb. Mm, I guess this would have to be a sway. I think you're getting direct information, so I think it's going to be, you know, consort Commander Sway. Cool. I will go for Sway, I guess. Ooh, all right. So I rolled a five, but I'm going to spend a, a coin to upgrade that to a complete success. Uh, Great. So you get the three ticks you need. And that uh, completes the clock? That completes that clock, which means that... uh. Jellica actually has more information than she was initially willing to share. Um, so she reaches out and slides the coin uh, on the table toward her and, and says, oh, yeah, now I remember. <laughs> Sorry. Initially, they were uh, being uh, kept comfortably, apparently, because that's what you get to do when you're a criminal and you turn on other criminals in the... Uh, in the veil, that uh, posh social club thing in uh, in Night Market. I've heard of it. And and now it's more like a maiden in a tower situation where it's they're not going anywhere. It's they're they're going to stay there until they they give some real information and or they finally just send him where he belongs. Or he might just end up somewhere else. Uh, if he's got information that might be uh, helpful to my employers as well. Look, just don't do anything about it, okay? Cause, like, oh, no, 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 absolutely not. You don't have to worry You said yourself. you were going to be hands off. And... I know, I know, I know. This person, he's in the veil, he's in night market, and uh, what was his name again? Damned if I know. All I know is they've been posted up in some posh rooms. Now they're under guard because they didn't give enough info. They say they didn't know about the church. And uh, and it looks like they're probably just going to end up on the gallows like they should have in the first place. So if you're going to get your employer to arrange 
questioning, you better do it soon. But I mean, come on, just I know I'll lose my job over being here, but I will lose my job and go to prison if you fuck me by letting this out. So, like, please be careful. Yeah, yeah. We'll try not to bring too much heat down on your head, Jelly. And uh, and just remember, uh, Dirkman's going to give a little <whistles> whistle uh, to Morgan. I'll move in from another entrance and uh, put my hand on Jellica's shoulder, kind of squeezing tightly. Ow! Jesus! We've got our eye on you. We've got our eye on everyone you know. Just keep that in mind. Great. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. Okay. My tight grip turns into a friendly pat on the shoulder as I walk out with Dirkman. As uh, as we cross the threshold, I'll give a little, uh, yeah, that was a really nice touch. That was well done. Uh, I'll, I'll nod back to Dirkman. And I think we return to the tea shop after that. You arrive back at the tea shop without any incident. Uh, it looks like... Whatever is happening in, from all the chaos that you've caused, you have a little bit, a little bit of free movement around the city. I will make some tea and start on these books. Uh, I'm afraid I actually scrapped uh, my reading assist bot uh, actually building the ritual machine. So uh, there's not enough time to put it back together. So I'm just going to read it like a person. (laughs) (laughs) So I will study these texts. All right, go for it. I got a three. Okay, well, as there was only one tick left, uh, you are able to complete uh, this long-term project by adding one more tick to the deciphered ritual. I I spend a couple hours studying, and I keep making tea so I'm rather energetic at this point. Oh, no. <laughs> so so you decipher it, and it, it turns out that um, a lot of the writing is super, like, old and obscured and has been erased a lot. So it's a lot of, like, trying to guess what letters were where and, you know, and writing in this, like, arca- like arcane symbology and and kind of what these old books could mean on this new books and linguistics. And then you realize it's kind of just a puzzle, just like everything else. And it starts to click and you've had your 15th cup of tea. And so everything is working and everything is really exciting. And you figure it out. I got it. (laughs) Oh, right. It's just me. (laughs) (laughs) And you're so excited that you got it. And then you realize uh, what it says. Uh, And what it says is that um, the pound of flesh is, in fact, one pound of sacrificed flesh per person traveling through the gate. Oh, no. That's That's a lot of flesh. You also discover that uh, a place of life and death... uh, would be something like a graveyard, perhaps on a ley line. Uh, and it occurs to you that there's actually one of those in six towers. Uh, so not too far from where you are, uh, Miss Shore Park. Uh, and you're sure that that's the place that was uh, intended um, 
when this ritual was written uh, because it is the place where young lovers who were um, banned from being together would go to end everything in this beautiful, overgrown park. Uh, and so life and death would meet at a crux there. So you're sure that just around the corner is a lovely, well-guarded, highly patrolled, the exact place that you would like to be for your ritual park. In addition, you figure out that the um, you're almost sure that you all shouldn't approach the gate from the same cardinal direction and that you should be preceded by the flesh when you jump in. As far as the, the physical actions of the ritual, the one thing you are remain uncertain through all your deciphering is the, the words that you're supposed to say. You're sure that it is the, the creatively archaic spell it, spell, spelt words uh, that uh, are the words that need to be said. You're not sure if they need to be said before people go in and that they should be said all together or they should be said in between each one or they should be said, you know, like one person representing each part of the ritual. Um, that is sort of within the flavor of casting uh, and only someone who was a, a ritualist could really decipher that. There's there's no way to tell what sort of spooky uh chaos might be caused uh if if things were it would be complete and it would be correct but sort of fun side adventures might be had if uh from the very uh from the variances uh in the ritual steps but you do it and it's deciphered and you're sure this is what this means with this new information i shall begin constructing a small guillotine with a numbing agent injector a blowtorch to help cauterize it. <laughs> and then begin constructing a track so that the portal can be moved easily to be jumped in from uh, various directions. Okay, go ahead and roll to work on this long-term project. Six. Uh, great. So you fill out this long-term project ritual device, and it looks like uh, your device is all set up and exactly perfect to your specifications, however weird they may be. <laughs> so as we're getting back to the tea shop, I assume, Dirkman, you fill me in? I tell you where I think uh, Gok is, and I tell you where our lost lamb absolutely for sure is. Did you say that the person they got is being held in comfort because they're given information on the cult? Right, yeah. They gave us up. Was there anyone missing during the ritual day? Anyone... If I throw my mind back, do I remember anyone kind of absent? Because they ain't bounded down on us yet, so maybe this person's given false information. But if they gave information that made that ritual go sideways at the beginning, uh, well, that's going to change how I feel about this person quite a bit. At its full strength, the, the cult had something like 75 members. You don't specifically remember any one person not being there, it looked like everyone was accounted for. All right. Um, for for the, the ritual that had gone wrong. Might be we need to track down Gok and pull this person out of a 
blue coat guarded safe house slash prison. I don't I don't know. I it's getting late though. Maybe we should call it a night for now and and uh continue things in the morning. That sounds good. I I guess we should probably make sure that Brother Dub has finished his work. Uh yeah. <laughs> we at that point we open the door. How's things going in there, Dub? <laughs> ah, excellent. You've returned. Uh I have some good news and some bad news. Which one would you like first? The bad. No, let's do the good news. Let's switch it up. Okay. <laughs> the good news is I can make custom hands for everyone. <laughs> my, my eyes go wide. The bad, Dub. What's the bad? <laughs> <laughs> It will require a pound of flesh in order to use the portal. A pound of your own flesh. Uh, that's actually not true. Uh, you uh, may have read it that way, um, but uh, the the actual uh, requirements is one pound of flesh per traveler, but it doesn't have to come from that traveler. See, it says it right here. Oh. <laughs> I need to make some quick modifications. Uh if you still want a mechanical hand, this is perfectly <laughs> no. Fun. I know. don't want to cut no, off my hand for not. a mechanical hand. <laughs> oh, but you see, I've put a numbing agent, and it'll cauterize it. No, for- none of this sounds. Is that a blowtorch dub? Oh no. my god! <laughs> it gets it hot enough. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the exact problem. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Uh, ultimately, dub. Ultimately, all things considered, great job. Great job. Work on work on the modifications. We need not our hands. That sounds great. Uh, I think I think we need to. You you do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go rest up for a little bit, and tomorrow we'll see what we can do to find Gawk and maybe take a look at this club and and see what it would take to to get in at this lost lamb. I'll say through gritted teeth, unsure of their loyalty. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I, I go into my quarters to, to rest. Yeah, yeah, Dub, you make those modifications, because I, I think I know where we might be able to find someone to sacrifice, and uh, I'm, I think we'll, we'll, track, we'll track them down for sure. Should we keep the guillotine? Uh, I wouldn't rule it out. I'll leave it on there just in case. Uh, <laughs> it's also useful for vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> God, what? That's right. You you do that, buddy. That sounds great. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go take care of some business. I'll be back later. Uh, just so you know, uh, Dub, you can put on whatever it is that you need uh, to to make your m- machine perfect. And yeah, where are you? Uh, where are you going, Dirkman? Dirkman's got to head off to Philandra. There is uh, a lot of really terrible stuff that has happened, and uh, he could really use a good night's rest. Sure. Uh, so uh, you head off uh, to Philandra's, um, and she has a, a spirit ready, waiting in the wings for you. So without uh, without much to do at all, uh, you are able to uh, fall asleep. Uh, and and for my final downtime activity, uh, uh, in the in the middle of the night, I just I can't get to sleep. I keep thinking of, you know, 
everything that's gone wrong. I'm worried sick about Gok. I, I don't know if we're going to be able to pull this off, and I just I wish to hell Theodore was was around. And, well, normally at a time like this, with this much stress on my shoulders, I might go to the card tables, but they've recently turned me out uh, for a while, and, uh, well, I, I kind of just get up restless in the middle of the night and begin wandering the streets, you know, ducking and weaving from blue coat patrols if they're around. And eventually I'm in an alleyway and I see a plastic bottle not eight feet away from a recycling bin. <laughs> uh, and I both grip my teeth in anger and also tears well up in my eyes. And I walk over and I throw that recycling bin away. And I think, for a second about how Theodore might smile at that. And ultimately I spend the rest of the evening indulging in a new vice of recycling to honor my fallen friend. Oh. Uh, so both Dirkman and Morgan, you can go ahead and roll to clear stress. All right. I clear all my stress. I clear six of my stress. Well, after working and finishing the ritual machine and, uh, after the stress of all of the jobs in the in the past, I I need to resupply and just go and see what treasure I can find uh, in other people's rubbish. So I will be looking for treasure. Treasure hunting time. <laughs> yeah. So you head out uh, and go, and you start at your favorite place, uh, the dump, um, and uh, see what you can't. Uh, re recycle into something better and more useful than sitting there to rot. Uh, and you find a whole bunch of stuff and you're really excited about it. And then you start going into dumpsters and there's a pigeon that looks really cute. That looks like it would be a great partner for Dirkman's pigeon. And so you talk to that pigeon for a while, but then it flies away. And then it, it turns out it was on a recycling bin too. So you climb in that one. Um, and let's see how much stress you clear. Go ahead and roll. Five. Uh, great. Uh, so you clear five stress and uh, and pay one coin because uh, you needed to pay off a patrol in order to let you into the dump in the first place. I come back exhilarated after my successful hunt. Oh, it's been so long since I've had one. So um, you guys return from clear uh, your your downtime activities, clearing your stress. Dirkman, it is the morning, and you find yourself uh, waking up at Philandra's, uh, weirdly covered in blue, but whatever. And <laughs> uh, you uh, you head back uh, to Radich's tea and tea accessories. Um, morning, Dirkman. You got blue on you. Yeah, you noticed. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to clean myself up. and I'm going to head back to what I assume is just like a small bathroom, and I'll clean myself off on the sink. Yeah, and um, you guys are sitting down to sort of a breakfasty planning session thing. And uh, Gok, uh, what have you been doing over the past two days? Well, when I... Uh, Ducked out onto a side street to try and draw the the fuzz away at the end of the, our last score. I think as I was wandering, um, I got deeper and deeper into 
uh, the ghost echo of Duskwall. Uh, and um, I ended up in a uh, collapsed... I, I ended up in the echo of a collapsed sewer system uh, that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, so I was kind of just in the ghost field for two straight days, uh, wan- wandering around um, the, uh, the, the remnants of a city that no longer is. Uh, and occasionally flickering in and out of reality. So, like, sometimes I would just be coexistent with a pile of rubble. And that, you know, that's an experience for uh, <laughs> for a uh, growing young man. So, and ultimately, I, I follow the, um, I end up, like, poured out into the canals, and I just float on, uh, ghostly electroplasmic waters just like on my back uh like c- completely like uh ice cold and numb and uh i ride my way to to six towers um and uh i get out of the canal and um i see dirkman all in blue walking into Radich's TNT accessories and I see Morgan there to greet him and I hear Dub's ecstatic shouting from within and I am all at once uh like coming out of a dream force myself back into uh reality and like slam back into my body uh and throw up <laughs> some some black goop Ugh. Uh, and I walk up to uh, the the tea shop and uh, I open the door and the bell rings and you see like a haggard dub. It looks like it looks like he's aged 10 years and now he looks like 18. <laughs> <laughs> he has just like the wisps of like stubble unshaven stubble uh, on his face you know the kind of gross like it can't really grow facial hair but maybe in a few years uh and uh, like sunken eyes and like uh hey everybody i'm back and having taken so much stress in the last uh three days uh he's returned with a trauma uh, and Gawk is uh, unstable, which I, I take to mean not only does he occasionally flicker in and out of um, like the ghost field and, and reality, uh, but also he's twitchy and uh, prone to mood swings. Not just the normal pubescent ones, though. Like, <laughs> like worse. I, I look up uh, at the bell and... I freeze, and then as soon as Gok speaks, I go, "Oh my God, Gok!" And I drop the the uh, the teacup in my hand, uh, spilling on the table, and I knock over the chair, rushing and looking at him. I'm, "Are you all right?" Uh, let's go with yeah. Oh, you're back. Excellent. <laughs> uh, good news. Uh, we don't have to cut off our hands. Dirkman comes out of the bathroom and he says. Well, that's one last thing we has to find, and uh, he'll come up and uh, almost come up and embrace you, and instead he'll just kind of ruffle your hair. 
You look like hell. Yeah, feel like it too. Where's Brother Theodore? The smile I, I have on my, my face fades and flickers, and I go, Oh, Gok, I, Brother Theodore, he, Theodore didn't make it out of the church, Gok, he, I don't, he hit some fella who had some kind of curse on him or something, and it, I think it transferred to him, I, I don't know, I, if, if you were there, maybe you could have stopped it, I, I'm not sure, but, but he, I, it was, what? It was horrible, but he ain't here. So Brother Theodore's dead, right? Brother Theodore's dead? What the Probably fuck? Yes. You were supposed to you were supposed to protect him. What? Oh, and then you blame it on me? You telling me it's my fault? No. That Brother Theodore's dead? No, oh, if I were there I could have protected him? No, that was your job. I was trying to hold a line down there. And now he's gone? No, it's not my fault. Don't blame me for this. this isn't my fault. At that uh for probably the first time, you see a, a wounded look on on Morgan's face, uh, unable to to muster up anger at at the at the brashness of Gok. I I just sink back and let his his anger kind of just fly out at me. Do, do you at least have the fire? Tell me, tell me we have the stuff. Tell me we have the ingredients. We have the base, and we don't have the fire. Brother Theodore had the fire. It melted away with Brother Theodore. Fuck! Well, the ritual doesn't say... Just use four out of the five ingredients. No, it says you need all of them. We're doing what little we can to keep moving forward. We're gonna have to find the fire another way. We got the basin. Dub figured out the rest of the the ritual, where we need to go, and what the pound of flesh is. It ain't your fault. fault. I'm... I, I can't even imagine what you've gone through. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I I don't know what came over me. I. You should have seen us yesterday. We were just about at each other's throats too, reeling from what happened. It's it's all right, Gok. We. I'm just glad you're back. And I give him a hug. Uh, yeah. Gok Gok uh, squeezes her back. Uh, and um, like doesn't really know what to do with himself. And sees sees Dub over uh, Morgan's shoulder. Dub, you figured it out? Uh, yes, there was a slight m- mistranslation that uh, luckily I caught before we did the ritual. Uh, uh, it would have technically worked. It just would have ended a lot worse for us. Great catch. <laughs> yeah, that's what the guillotine was for. Uh, I suppose we could still use it, uh, but we just won't need all these extra components on it. Yeah. And then I, I, I catch Gok up to speed as best I can while also tending to like, you know, getting him comfortable and, you know, fed if he needs sustenance. Uh, he does. <laughs> I assume. So give you some tea and whatever food we got and give you the, give you the rundown on, on what you missed so far. Really one step forward, two steps back situation. Uh, so as, the rest of the Church of Many Tentacles has uh, returned to home base, uh, with the exception of uh, the Lost Lamb. Um, Brother Theodore, you have been uh, traveling, which, which is the best way to describe it. You have, uh, when you melted, um, it, you, at first, like anybody in their right mind, 
were frightened. Uh, and then it turned out that it was just Aralax's way of protecting you. And it, it turned you into the form that it knows best, goo. Uh, <laughs> but in, in, in the physical, natural world, even after the first apocalypse, goo is an unstable element. Uh, and so Aralax drew you into its dark, tentacled weirdness and, uh, and then sent you flying through sort of its own omniscient sentience. And as you flew through the beauty and the horrors of what humans had done throughout the ages to bring about their own demise, basically just from being really shit neighbors, you, you realized that everything could have been so much better if everyone just followed the four fucking tenants. And so as you flew through the cosmos of this, of this like elder omniscience propelled by weird tentacle black thingies that had attached to your shoulder blades and wrapped in the warmth of protective goo, uh, you found yourself uh, really experiencing something that really no one has ever truly experienced. And, and you realized that the only reason that you could survive it was because you are truly Brother Theodore the Chosen. So you finished your, your journey uh, through the omniscience to the heart, soul, eye thing. Uh, and it stared at your goo form and with all your goo, you stared back and, and, uh, it asked you one question. Would you like to stay? I would, but there's four more good neighbors who deserve their reward. I'm proud of you, goo child. <laughs> <laughs> You have traveled through the Icar and you have found solace. You have become the purest form and and wish to return to help shepherd those through the Icar into the loving embrace of the many tentacled one. You are truly a good neighbor. If you shall return to us, we shall welcome you. But it is easy to fall to the Icar. It is easy to use power and forget all the tenants. Be careful, goo child. And with like a weird slurp, like a blurp sound, uh, you find yourself still in goo form right outside radishes, tea, and tea accessories. Uh, and you have free movement, um, and as long as you want, you can stay in goo form. Uh, but once you turn back, you know that once you turn back into your human form, you will be human until you can bring about the end times. Is this uh, about the same time that Gawk has returned? Yeah, it's a little bit after, but yeah. Uh, I will, for a brief couple moments, goop around a little bit. <laughs> Just to enjoy 
the clear perfection that is goo. But seeing the the rest of my brothers and sister inside the tea shop, I will ungoop and rehuman. <laughs> <laughs> so you do. You turn into your human uh Theodore form, um candle in hand, fully clothed, outside the shop. Uh and having filled my stress meter on the Last job, I have taken the trauma. Vicious. There's no room for uncertainty in the quest towards the apocalypse. <laughs> well, there's no sense in waiting. I'll just go in the shop. There's work to do. I know Duskwall is a city of eternal darkness. And ever since the world ended, there's been endless night and... Truly no light in the world, but when Brother Theodore's silhouette enters the sha- enters that doorframe, it is the daybreak that Gawk has never known. <laughs> that makes sense. I brought a lit candle. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Theodore, the flame, you have it. It's here. Am I dreaming? Am I seeing into the ghost field? Are you dead? No, I see him too, Gok. He's definitely there. Brother Theodore, you're solid. Uh, I am. I have spoken to Aralax. Excuse me? And they say, keep going. And that's where we'll end our session. This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. This series of the Essential NPCs podcast is based on Blades in the Dark, a product of 1-7 Design, developed and authored by John Harper, and licensed for use by EMPC Productions under Creative Commons Attribution. For more information, go to www.bladesinthedark.com.